Welcome to the Eternal Light Podcast. Join our Eternal Light staff as we aim to spread the light of the gospel and bring a little bit of laughter into your life with some good old Southern stories. But that's not all. We also sell Christian apparel and gifts online so you can show your faith in style. Go visit us online at eternallightco.com. All right, now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Eternal Light Podcast. That's my job. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're fired. Dang it. All right, guys, we're it's put, been a good run. We're putting a, a, a job job search out for a new social media It'll manager. Indeed. I hope you know how to do ads. <laughs> well, how's everybody doing? Good. Oh, I'm good. I'm here and I'm awake. Just brownie. Just brownies, good. We this is a podcast with just hope and brownie. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just the old family podcast. I know. Trent brought in some donuts for everybody. It was pretty nice. That's right. You didn't even eat one. I'm about yeah, to. I was waiting. So. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you didn't. I'm excited day. about it though. I could still brag. <laughs> so. Thanks, boss. We appreciate you. Please don't fire me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when I was coming in with him, she was like, oh, I thought about bringing breakfast in. And I was like, well, you didn't. I know. It was the thought. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. Is it? Maybe. Because you know what also counts? <laughs> Actu- me eating it. Actual breakfast. I'll bring breakfast one day. I promise. Now it's going to look like I'm trying to like one-up Trent, but I am. Back so. when we were in the old warehouse, she was she was late one day, and I was like, "Hey, like when you're late, you're supposed to bring breakfast." <laughs> and so for the next like ten times that she was late, she come and she like, "I'm late." Well, I I know I'm supposed to bring breakfast, and I thought about it, but I didn't think you would want it. And I was like, "But then I would be even later, <laughs> especially like if we stop at Jack's. The oh. line is around the building, and I thought, well, that's going to make me twenty more minutes late." I don't think people know Jack's. Probably That's not. true. I think Just it might Alabama. be a southern thing. Yeah, it's well, delicious breakfast food. I remember when I moved out to college, they did not have a Jacks in Tennessee. Yeah, and oh, it, a, was, it was it was it well, was rough this, time. This is a good question for for our guest Jake. Jake, do y'all have did y'all have Jacks in Louisville? Is that is that where <laughs> Louisville? Louisville. Yeah. So we do not have uh, Jacks, and I'm trying to think. Of anything similar that we have, but I really can't think of it. Oh. What about my? They, did you have Milo's? Is mm-hmm. that? A, no, I'm, I think I'm pretty Milo's. sure Jacks and Milo's are both only Alabama things. Yeah, really? the first time I saw Milo's was when I moved down here for school, and I saw the sweet tea in Publix, and we tried it, and it was really good. And then, like, I was in downtown Birmingham, about to go on my campus visit, and I see like Milo's on the side of a building. They have the whole like, place for tea. I was like, Dad, there's a sweet tea restaurant over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we got to go over there. And then like it, I mean, I like Jack's a lot better than Milo's. Oh, you're wrong. Agreed. Was, uh, I'll agree. It was that good. It's tough was, for me to hear. It was a cool uh, experience to go to the And that Milo's also? That Milo's also So I went to, sauce. we were in Tennessee one day last week and I went to Culver's. 
Yeah. Y'all ever been to Culver's no, fast I've food? No, what, what, what is it? It's like Freddy's sort of, mm-hmm. like that, what is that, smashed burger yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. type thing. Mm, it was very good. Yeah, though. they have good milkshakes too. Yes, Max got a milkshake. I got the mushroom Swiss. Yeah. Highly recommend. <laughs> didn't, I didn't recommend. <laughs> and all the employees are very nice. Reminds me of Chick-fil-A. Hmm. Same training, I bet. That's how I feel about In-N-Out. Like, that's where they get their name. I wanted to go to in, in and out, out bad. Whenever we were so in good. Arizona, mm-hmm. nobody else wanted to go. So. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Get new friends. I love trying restaurants that aren't like local things. Yeah. Even if it is a fast food chain. <laughs> I'm like, it's not local. Let's try it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we invited our special guest, Jake, on here. Or John. Or <laughs> Josh. Josh. <Jason>. Whatever we've <laughs> called him on the podcast. Because um, he just got back Saturday from... A how long were you on the trail? So we were on the trail for twelve days. Okay, on the trail. On the trail. There's a discrepancy about how many miles he did. He more than fifty nine point four or something like that. He probably fifty nine. Just fifty nine. Well, I read. I read the paper and it said fifty nine point something. So I think it was uh, (laughs) point zero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that went to the corner. We can round up to 90. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, good, good. It's all but, about perspective, I guess. Yeah. Well, you 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 walked more than 59 miles, but so kind of explain like what this whole trip was cuz okay. we're we're going to kind of talk about what Jake's trip was about, kind of hear about it, and then I think some of us have a few camping stories that probably don't mount up to what Jake just finished, but we're going to do our best. Yeah, so uh, I was at Philmont Scout Ranch in uh, Cimarron, New Mexico, uh, is where it was. And if you ask where Cimarron is, that's a good question because I have no idea where it is other than, like, that's where the GPS took us. Um, and so it's a uh, it's a Boy Scout trip. Uh, there were eight of us that went. And so my dad and my little brother were on the trip with some other guys from uh, Louisville in my hometown, my original uh, Boy Scout troop. And so it's really cool because it is a still a working cattle and horse ranch. And so the ranch generates revenue for itself to uh, be able to preserve the land that it's on. I think it's um, like several uh, thousand acres. It might be like 100,000 acres. I'm not sure on that. But um, they, uh, they produce um, – meat products from their cattle and then they uh, drive horses and people get to come out and use the land and they do a really great job uh, preserving it and preserving what uh, it would have been like at certain times on the ranch. So like there's um, railroading uh, things that they do. They show you how they built like the original uh, railroads like the Continental Tie and Lumber Company that came through the West. Um, there's like fur trapping, so they show you what it would have been like to live as a fur trapper uh, in like the early 1900s. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else important. I guess uh, those stories might just come up as I remember them. Um, but it's an amazing trip. It's one of the most uh, beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. And so uh, to get to share that experience with my dad and my brother uh, was really, really cool. So what did you say the name of the place was? that you Philmont Scout no, no, no. Uh, what place in New Mexico? Oh, Cimarron. Okay, so I told somebody it was Cinnamon. <laughs> I literally say it's in Cinnamon, New Mexico. So whoever I told Cinnamon, New Mexico, I was wrong. Mistake. <laughs> that was a huge mistake. But you, you were so close. 
What's that? Very similar. <laughs> oh, man. And so y'all are with, um, what age boys were y'all with? Uh, high school age boys. Mm, that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's oh, one and word for it. <laughs> yeah. So they can't. I bet there was so much complaining. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And the... They can't wear deodorant. Yes. What? Yeah. So, well, it like attracts bears. Like you can't have any kind of oh, scent on my you. Word. Well, then, so, but well, not having deodorant also creates <laughs> a scent. It is. It's just not one that's attractive <laughs> to the bears. Oh, well, or anyone in general. Yeah. So, <laughs> yikes. So, I, you know, I have two teenage boys, so I'm just imagining mm-hmm. life without deodorant. And that, yeah. that's You're horrifying. in the great outdoors, though, so. Well, it's yeah. like if you've ever seen one of the Febreze commercials where it's like such and such has gone nose blind to like their stinky socks or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's literally what happens is like after the second day, um, you just like you don't smell anything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So then you can tell like when somebody you can tell when somebody's fresh on the trail or if they are seasoned because if you, you pass you them past and they turn their nose up at you, you know, like you just got out here. <laughs> but then if they just keep on walking, it's like, oh, they've. They're they're good. They know yeah. they know the drill. Wow. Yeah, I always like being out there for a few days, and you walk past somebody, and you like get just this smell of, you know, body wash and everything. <laughs> like, wow, they smell good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What's it like? <laughs> I had no idea that that would be an attractant to bears because mm-hmm. I feel like it's synthetic and not of nature. You know, so I would think yeah. it would almost be scary because you know we take great efforts to not smell like laundry detergent when people are going like deer hunting. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I would think because it would repel the deers. So why wouldn't it repel the bears and everything else? Right. And all the females. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that it did. This is That's really, funny. this is really random. But if I went 12 days without deodorant, I would, I would try to switch to like the, like there's like more natural deodorants that doesn't have aluminum and yes. stuff in it. But I think, don't you have to detox from, like, like it doesn't work for your body unless you have to wait so long and let it get out of your system. Yes, I have heard that. So, too. so yeah. yeah. It would be a good start. Yeah, it's like you haven't had it for 12 days. You'd think it'd be, you could mm-hmm. just use the natural stuff now <laughs> and it'd work. It'd be strong enough. Yeah. Well, um, but you had you had some uh, hiccups on your, your trek. Yes. Talk about so, those. Um the I, I guess I hate getting the hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually get the real hiccups one time. But that was okay, one of the but it's funny those listening probably like you can't visualize. Jake is six four, and so he gets hiccups, but it sounds very like you literally say the word hiccup like when you get the hiccups. Yeah. It makes me laugh. Yeah, it's deceptive. Yeah, dainty, I guess. But um. Anyway, the first uh, the first of our blunders was the first day we got out there, um, and they try to ease you into the hiking. So the mileage is are shorter on the first couple of days and the last couple of days, and then like you kind of settle into that middle range of six or seven days, and then you're doing like five to eight miles a day. But our first day was supposed to be two miles. It was looked very straightforward on the map. There was a very clearly defined trail to our camp. It looked like it was going to be minimal climbing, like should be an easy warm up, like get into camp early, figure out how to get everything set up, you know, do our thing, go to bed, get up and rock it the next day. That didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> and so part of it being a, uh, a Boy Scout thing is one of the things they say about leading is to take the, uh, 
the uh, hip approach or hands in pocket approach as an adult leader. So we're supposed to be largely hands off unless it becomes a major safety concern. And so the boys are responsible for using the compass to orient the map, learning how to read a map, follow a trail. Um, and so uh, they had some growing pains that first day um, because at one point we ended up on the side of a cliff um, with no trail, um, basically wading through bushes that were about chest high. Uh, we saw a couple rattlesnakes. Um, one actually, one kid went out. up to... Uh, <laughs> to pee and uh, said, hey, don't go up that way because I almost uh, stepped on a snake. And so we were like, all right, let's move now. <laughs> but um, we ended up doing, I think, 5.3 miles that day. We did actually get into camp, um, but that was a uh, morale low point on the trip. And that was the, the first, first day. day. We hadn't even been out there, I think, eight hours yet. <laughs> I don't think that I would have been able to just, like, stand there and let them let them do that. I've been like, look, homies, like, yeah, we're, we're not going from two to five five miles like we, <laughs> yeah. we, it's the, uh, camps that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and so my dad and one of the other uh, adult leaders that was with us both had GPSs, and they were saying something different than what our um, our boy with the map, the navigator, is that position for the day. So they rotate who's the navigator, and he was like, "Oh, I know exactly where we're going." And uh, I remember one of the uh, leaders just looked at him, and he was like. I don't think you do, <laughs> but he, uh, he figured it out. Um, but that was, uh, definitely one of the, the biggest blunders. So which, the first day went from two miles to five miles. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's a big extreme. That is what you said. A, a morale dip. I yeah. kind of thought that story was also going to be like, we lost one. Yeah. <laughs> but well, that happened a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Talk about that. I had to make a very <laughs> yeah. unfortunate phone call to a mother back in Kentucky. So, um, <laughs> for real, we did um, on the fifth day that we were out there. Um, there was we noticed one of our boys was kind of struggling, and he um, was walking very weird. Um, and we looked at his boots, and he had his boots tied in like a very weird way. So, I mean, Aaron, you might be able to speak to this too, but like when you're tying your uh, hiking boots, especially for backpacking, like you want them super tight so that like your foot is locked in place. That way you don't get blisters because if your shoe fits loosely, your heel can rub on the back of your shoe or like your toes can rub on the front. And like once you get a blister out there, there's really nothing you can do to get it to go away. At that point, you're just kind of trying to mitigate it to get it where you can walk. But he had his boots really flared out at the top and we noticed that like he was taking really awkward steps, like he was being very ginger uh, in the way that he was stepping. Um, and keep in mind, you're wearing a 50 pound pack. So like any kind of discomfort is going to be amplified in that scenario. But so we get into camp and they pull his uh, pull his shoes off of him. And he's got blisters probably about the size of a quarter, maybe bigger on both of his heels that are rubbed raw, bleeding. Um, I mean, like the skin on that at that point, like there is no top layer of skin protection. And then his Ouch, toes that hurts are thinking about it. blue mm. and they pull him off and he was wearing blue socks. And so <laughs> one of our very insightful young Boy Scouts comes up and says, well, maybe that was just the dye from his uh, socks that was uh, that that uh, rubbed off on him. And uh, 
so we waited a little bit and after about 30 minutes his toes were normal color again and so they got somebody out from uh the base camp to look at him one of the doctors and um uh long story short or long story short come to find out he had uh he had been out there with boots that were two full sizes too small so he started with a nine and a half (laughs) they took him into base camp got him fitted for new boots and sent him back out the next day and he came back out with 11 and a half homie was a new man wow and the scary part i guess which he's he's fine now just throw that out there i guess but uh the scary part was the doctor had said if he had continued in those uh original boots that he came out there with he more than likely would have lost at least one toe no way yeah because it was just completely so like off like circulation oh that's why so that's why he had loosened up his mm-hmm. um she strings yep and i wonder why he didn't say something before well so he um he i mean i've been around teenage boys a lot yeah, but <laughs> He just has a super high pain tolerance. Like, Man, these, and I'm these sure shoes are way too short. I'm going to loosen up the top of them. Yeah. That's yeah. going to help. That's, that helps. I, I hate well. to call him out, but if I'm about to go on a 50-mile backpacking trip, yeah, I'm going to make sure my shoes ain't too too small. I yes. wonder, too, if like in his head, because I would be like this, just tough it out. Like just yeah. you're yeah. on a fine. trek. Everything is uncomfortable. Your shoes are going to be uncomfortable. Just, you know. Yeah. Just push, just, like, push through. I but, feel like, so This if this scenario happened at my home, I would probably be like, hey, are, do you know where your boots are? Yeah, I've got boots. Do they fit? Yeah. Because <laughs> we need to go shopping. No, we're good. Yep. Not realizing those were my boots from last year. Yep. And I've yeah. grown significantly. And didn't put them on until now. you actually probably got to Arizona or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why boys are just kind of like that, but... The ones I've been around, mm-hmm. although I will say my sons and all of their friends would have said immediately, my boots hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two steps in, uh, my boots are hurting. Yeah. <laughs> Man. They would not have made the 5.8 in the first day yeah. without letting me know. Yeah. Not, not in that heat Mm-mm. that you had, yeah. which is crazy. Um, so talk about the summit. Because I feel like you're you've got all these things that happen, yeah. Uh, you know, which are annoying, right? But then you get to the top, and that's what you've been doing it for. Yeah. So um, Baldy Mountain is the uh, the major summit of our trek. So we were in the northern country of Philmont. So there's a north and a south country, and depending on which uh, region of the ranch you're in affects where you can summit just where you can get in your 12 days. But um, so I had actually been uh, in 2016 was the first time I went to Philmont and I just went with my dad and we got to Summit Baldy. And like, I remember like us calling my mom and like, I'm getting a little emotional just even thinking about it now, but like it is one of the most like beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, The elevation is 12,441 feet, which is really, really high up there. and it's one of the only uh, places, or it's the only place I've been where my feet were actually touching earth, touching ground, and I could see the tops of birds. Like, they were flying below us. Oh, that's cool, oh, man. And then you can see in every direction for probably about 50 or 60 miles. And, like, you just see these, like, incredible, like, smaller mountain peaks and mesas and, like, alpine lakes and these forests. And you can see, like, town in from the top um 
But I remember like this time getting there and like my dad and my brother making it up too. Cause the last like little bit of scramble is basically just like shale rock. It's like one of those things where you like take one step forward and it slide you two steps back and you just kind of have to keep going up. But we finally got up there. That was on our 10th day. Um, and like, I just remember like uh, high fiving my brother and hugging him um, and just saying like, we did it. And, you know, we just sat up there and, and cried for a little bit and, and looked out and it was like, you know, they talk about uh, type two fun a lot at Philmont. And so that's like where type one fun is like the shooting guns and, you know, doing the railroading stuff that's fun in the moment. And then uh, type two fun is stuff that you look back on like your, you know, eight or nine mile days. And it's like, oh, that was that was fun. I'm glad we did that. But mm -hmm. like, it's not fun when you're actually doing it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's backpacking. Yeah. <laughs> it's all type two fun. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So when are, when are we going back? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Well, so the you Aaron's actually have to put in out, for a lottery. You? you what? You actually have to put in for a lottery to get to go, and so because there's so many people that want to go. We are we we're Christians. We don't gamble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but um, it's uh, I would love to go back at, at some point, and I really I told my dad um because we were just kind of joking as we got towards the end of the trip and I was like all right now you got to stay in shape because like when my boys come through and you know they want to do it like I want them to go with their grandpa yeah be able to go with their grandpa but um we'll see uh that's a little bit of motivation I guess for me to stay in shape right now too mm -hmm. um but it is uh just truly that part of it is amazing and it really did make it all worth it so and I do think there's so there's circumstances like that where, I mean, God's handiwork is just undeniable. Like it's breathtaking. And I, I feel like, I mean, there's just certain, you know, different times in my life where you're just sitting there and you're like, wow. And I, granted, it's around us everywhere. I mean, right here in, in corner, we could still see yeah. you know, like this and be all inspired by God's creativity and the massiveness of things that we see. But moments like that, I feel like just really stand out in your mind yeah. where you're just like, Oh my goodness. He definitely you know. showed off a little bit. Oh yeah. yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to see stuff like that and just like the beauty of things and then still think that people think that it happened by accident or that it like big boom, just like cost it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of faith that takes to, to believe that something other than God. Yeah. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. made this happen. I mean, I, I do feel like there. Even a couple of weeks ago when we were at beach camp, my youngest son was like, "How do people not believe in God? Look at this!" You yeah. know. Well, it was actually there was a storm and we were seeing lightning over, you know, over the water. And mm -hmm. he's like, "How do you not believe in God?" Mm -hmm. And he is, he has revealed himself in nature and in creation. And I think a lot of times we are just kind of distracted yeah mm -hmm. and opportunities like jake's you can't be the the distraction is creation you yeah. Know? yeah and so i um i'm inspired yeah where he went sounds pretty cool but yeah. we're on top of york mountain right now you're right <laughs> we <laughs> are in the highest point of it corner is. alabama yep <laughs> yeah that's really cool i think you've also you've backpacked quite a few times Aaron. yeah that's fun Top, top two fun. Yeah. Top two fun. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, 
I think there's quite a few experiences I've had that I'm like, that was horrible, but I'd do it again because that was really fun because I have good memories and good times and right. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost what a year ago that Aaron backpacked to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. A little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How was that? So good. Yeah. Top two fun. <laughs> Man, a few words. It was good. Next. So, tell us about like food when you're when you're out there. I think okay. you mentioned the 50 pound backpack and I'm sitting yeah. here going, okay, how much of that was food and how much was, you know, what you needed to sleep on at mm-hmm. night? Like tell, what do you, what's in your backpack? So um, they, they do tell you that less is more. Um, and they actually have like a requirement where I think it's a third of your body weight is what you're allowed to carry on your back. You're not allowed to carry any more than that because it's not, uh, it's not safe. Man, I'd be able um, to carry a lot. Yeah, that's what I was like. I can carry uh, 70 pounds if needed. I'm not going to tell you how much I weigh. You can do the math if you really want to know. But um, Or maybe it's a quarter of your body weight. I don't know. But anyway, um, but they do tell you uh, less is more. And so there are a lot of things uh, that are like multi-purpose. And so um, like my rain jacket serves as like my insulated top layer. So like things like that will... Uh, will kind of double up. But then as far as, um, as far as food goes, um, you carry about four to five days worth of food at any given time. And then they have, uh, they call them commissary camps where you will go and like pick up your next, uh, supply of food. So that happened about every four or so days. Um, so we had like one at the beginning, one on day five. And then I think again on day eight or nine, um, we'd pick up food. What happens if you don't like the meal? I'm not you, trying to uh, call anybody in this room struggle. out. <laughs> you got to eat it. Um, so they, uh, the you whole know that thing saying with, that parents frequently use. Well, you'll eat it when you get hungry. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and you, I guess you really will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, your breakfast usually consists of uh, like a pop tart or like energy bar, and then, um, like I said, so Philmont's a working uh, cattle and horse ranch, and so they actually produce their own. Um, meat products to generate revenue for the ranch. And so normally you'd get something like that, um, like a bison stick or a beef stick or something. Um, and then like maybe some like fruit snacks, like some uh, energy gummies or something like that. And then usually like granola or something. And that would be your breakfast um, for lunch. Again, probably you can another. get bacon. Okay. Mm. <laughs> it's too heavy. I'm but, out. Uh, yeah. That. Bacon would be nice, but uh, when you're carrying it on your back, it's just like... That's fair. For the lunches, uh, probably another beef stick. Uh, I've eaten more beef sticks than I ever care to in my life again because we usually got them for at least two meals a day, sometimes three. <laughs> um, and then, uh, again, probably some kind of like energy bar, like a cliff bar, or power bar, something like that, uh, something to give you like carbs and protein to keep you going. And then... Uh, maybe like crackers or something like that. And then like the dinners were where it was actually the closest thing to real food because you'd get like those mountain house, like backpacking meals, like the beef stroganoff one we had on our last night. And like, just let me tell you, that was fine dining. Like, after, <laughs> like not having had any, uh, did, any, did you have sustenance. any chili Mac? We didn't have chili Mac, but we did have Mac and cheese. Um, the mountain but, house chili Mac is the best yeah. one. I think I know which one you're talking about. So good. I don't know why they didn't give that one to us, but uh, do you, are you heating them up 
while you're out yes. there? Okay. So we have, um, they call them jet boils. That's like the brand, but it's a backpacking stove. So you put like a little propane canister um, underneath. It screws into like a, a gas burner. Um, and so then there's a, like a, a cup, like an insulated cup that sits on top and you fill it with water and boil the water. And then you would like pour it in a bag to rehydrate the food. Hmm. Um, and there was a couple times we had some soupy meals because the boys are the, again, the ones that are responsible for cooking. Sometimes oh, they get no. a little bit too excited yeah. and put too much water That's in there. That's a terrible stuff. idea. Um, <laughs> There's so. two things I don't trust teenage boys water. with yeah. is always directions less. and food. Yeah. yeah. I don't. <laughs> we did have spaghetti soup one night. So. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> that made me feel a little bit sick. Again, if I've gone all day and hadn't had anything to eat, I'm not trusting the high school High school boy to make the dinner. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I did to make this spaghetti a little bit better? I cut up these beef sticks that yeah. we've been eating all day and put them in there. Trent would probably be like, all right, we're fighting. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Get over here. I'm punching you in the face. That's what they got DoorDash out here. <laughs> Trent tries to DoorDash on film. I don't know if you'd be able to cover like the delivery your fee phone. on that one. Exactly. <laughs> I wonder how uh, much DoorDash would cost. He gets to base camp and he's like, oh, he's only, he's only 20 miles away. He'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, that took you longer than 30 minutes, so yeah. it's free, right? Yep. It's like the cost to deliver Chick-fil-A was like $1,900, and I'm like, hey. What if they have like a drone now? They could just drop it off via drone. And then they would probably forget your ketchup, too. We'll <laughs> be right like, oh. That's funny. Yeah, that's tough. The You were saying earlier, I don't think it was, we had the podcast running yet or not, but you had spam. Yes. Yeah, that's so that's not good. One of our lunches was, um, it wasn't spam in the normal can that you buy it in. It was like, it looked like one of those tuna creations packets, but it was a like lunch meat-esque uh, slab of spam. So I think from based on the picture on the package, you're supposed to like put it on bread and have like a spam sandwich. But we didn't carry bread because again, it was too heavy. And so you just eat it bread? like straight out of the straight out of the pack and so you'd uh like open it up and you'd like kind of wiggle it out and you can see kind of the slime <laughs> oozing out and you just like it looks really off-putting but then like you get a taste of it and it's like this is the closest thing to real meat i've had in a long long time i think so i might I'm eat a stick it. instead <laughs> i'm just yeah. saying i would have lost a lot of weight yeah well yeah maybe that's the game plan yeah. jake did lose a lot of weight i lost 16 pounds uh, between when uh, when I started and um, when I got back and, and weighed at my uh, family's house in Kentucky. And so uh, I probably have since gained some of that back, but uh, 16 Rebound. pounds. Yeah. Rebound weight gain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what was the, like, did you carry all the water that you were going to drink throughout the day with you, or was it like a stop by the creek? creek type situation so we uh a little bit of both so it would depend on where we were so the um the staff camps uh is what they called them that had like um the activities that you could do so like there was like shotgun shooting or shooting muzzle loaders or something like that um those would have usually would have uh running potable water so you could just take that you wouldn't have to do anything to it treat it and just drink it straight out of the spigot and then if we were at um a trail camp there would be, uh, usually there wouldn't be uh, potable water. So you'd either have to like go to a stream or like sometimes they would have a spigot, but it wouldn't be treated water. 
And so then we had um, MicroPure uh, tablets is what they called them, but it was... Um, Gross. Yeah. They uh, they have that? a certain certain flavor uh, to them. What's the flavor? Uh, chlorine. Bleach. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Yeah. Not enough to, not enough to hurt you, um, but it does kill all the bacteria, so, so you drop you're, it in there. You're literally drinking the pool. Yeah, pool water. So you, Di- like diluted pool the, water. The yeah. scouts go a whole lot harder in the paint. Than we do, like yeah. as casual backpackers. Mm-hmm. I carry a water filter. Okay. You just like a life straw. Is this, sim- is it's, this a life straw? Um, it's basically a life straw, yeah. Gotcha. Right. Few Not years, sponsored. A few years ago, my youngest son was adamant that he wanted a life straw in his stocking at Christmas. And so I was like, well, I mean, okay. And he goes, Mom, you could totally drink out of the toilet and it would be clean <laughs> and it would be good water. And I'm like, well, we dared why? him to. We. <laughs> We have running water. <laughs> There's no point in drinking out of the toilet. But he did. did. He did take it straight outside and drink out of a puddle. Yeah, he did. So, <laughs> Listen, I mean, he has a good immunity. If you, if you have a brother that will do anything, <laughs> you test that theory. Yeah. It's yep. so funny. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. <laughs> so, how often do y'all? You said you had to be in a part of the lottery. Mm-hmm. So how long did y'all put in, like, that you wanted to be a part of this? So we found out that we were going to be able to go on this trip uh, two years ago. So you put oh, in, wow. and I think it takes about six months to hear back. Mm-hmm. And so then... Oh, um, and you got to kind of train and yeah, stuff, too. Yeah, so usually you have about an 18-month uh, window yeah. to get ready. But um, And they so that's per Philmont. Like, they just take a certain amount of groups or yeah. throughout the year? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when we had to get those Savannah banana tickets. I mean, I was in a lottery <laughs> was, for that. That yeah. was tough. <laughs> it's not easy to go to a Savannah bananas game. Yeah. That's funny. That is cool, though. I feel like, I guess, I mean, realistically, you couldn't just say, hey, let's take a trip to Philmont in August. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, yeah. you've got to plan and that. prepare and stuff. But I kind of think that makes that whole situation super special because, you know, you've been picked out of a huge mm-hmm. group of people mm-hmm. to be able to do it. And then when you get to the top, it's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. we're, we did it. And, like, I mean, not all, like, of the groups make it to the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would you think know? that there's there has to be times where you have to turn back and, yeah. Yeah. Well, and not you have complete to, it. You have to have eight people at all times. And so if you yes. only take eight and one comes off the trail, you're all off the trail. Yeah. So... That would be bad. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head what elevation you started at? It was, I believe, around 6,000. I don't know the okay. exact elevation. Um, but, yeah, so we gained about six uh, yeah. to summit. I know. How? I mean, how hard was it to breathe up there at the summit? Um, I would, uh, like, getting up to it, that last little, uh, last little sprint up, I would usually take about 20 steps, and I'd be like, you know, suck in wind and like take about 30 seconds to recuperate and then go again. And I just kind of did that until we got yeah. to the top. But that, I mean, that's how it was on my way out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And that's only at like 7,000 feet. Yeah. So, yeah. You no. could, you could tell a difference. Oh, yeah. For sure. There's not much air up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elevation makes a big difference. Yeah. Hmm. Has anybody got any? I know nobody really, besides Aaron, has backpacking stories. Has anybody got any camping stories? I feel like they're along the same boat. Oh, Macy does. Okay, Macy. Well, Aaron just pointed at me, so I feel like I have to tell a story. Um, so one time 
I think I was about, I was probably about 13. My pop and one of my younger cousins and my pop's best friend, he took us on a two-night backpacking trip. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. We had a blast. I don't even remember, like, how far we walked or anything like that. It was somewhere in North Carolina. Was it Carolina. type one or type two fun? Um, it, I'd probably say it was type two fun, yeah. especially yeah. at night. So it was very warm during the days, and then at night it was super cold. And this is just, like, one story that I have from it. Me and my cousin, we both brought hammocks, and my pop brought a little one-man hammock. Wow, gosh, I can't even talk. <laughs> he brought, like, a little one-man tent to sleep in. And so at night it got super cold. Me and my cousin were both in our own little hammocks, and we were freezing. We had a sleeping bag, but it didn't help at all. And so me and him both go get in my pop's tent with him. It's super warm. We're all just squeezed up in this little tent. And so the next night my pop was like, "Uh uh-uh, nobody's sleeping in my tent. He was like, y'all are just going to have to deal with it (laughs) in y'all's hammocks. He was like, I am hurting so bad. He said I couldn't even move in that tent with y'all in there. And so the next night, me and my cousin, we had to both squeeze in one hammock, just cuddle up together. <laughs> it was terrible. But the rest of the trip was fun. We had a fun time. But that, I just remember the nights being so bad. Do you remember so where you cold. backpacked? Somewhere in North Carolina. I don't oh, remember. That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a, there's a special way to go about hammock camping. I because have a hammock. I'm a, terrible. I, I'm a big hammock camping guy. Mm-hmm. But... You, you have to be prepared to do it. Yeah. Like, you can't just lay down there well, in a sleeping bag because... People don't realize the airflow that goes up underneath exactly. you and how cold that makes exactly. you. Exactly. It'll steal every bit of your warmth. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. you're laying on top of your sleeping bag, so you've yeah. you smushed all that insulation underneath you. Yep. Yeah, my uh, pops wanted us to go back, so I think he was doing that as, like, a learning experience to, like, just take what you want and y'all can figure it out. And then, yeah, neither yeah. of us have went back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was, um, we were at a campground in Florida, I think, for one of my sister's ball tournaments. And what was cool, we had like a little, we had, we have a camper. And so we set up the camper. We had everything, you know, ready to go. We were taking kayaks out on the little lake and it was like sunset. We had just eaten. And so me and my sister were like, oh, we got a double hammock. Like, we're just going to hang it up in front of the lake. And it's just going to be like, you know, just one of those really sweet times. And we're just we're just sitting in the hammock, talking, swinging. Not hard, you know. Then all of a sudden, like, we're talking and we hear a crack on one side. And I, let me just tell you, this is a big tree. Like, <laughs> my, my mom can attest. It's, it was significant. It was a significant-sized yeah. tree. I would like to tell you that it was dead. We did not kill a tree, there okay? There was some controversy related to that. Okay. Yeah. It was dead. I'll vouch for it. The inside was rotted out. Okay, thank you. The outside looked not super healthy. That's (laughs) why everybody was like, yo, yo. Anyways, so what happened was, (laughs) let me just tell you what happened. So we're sitting in the hammock and we're swinging. We hear the crack and then Ivy goes, and before I understood what was happening, the tree was in the lake. We were on the ground. I was laughing, but the whole campground came out. (laughs) Because it was loud. Because when a tree falls, it's yeah, it super breaks. loud. Yeah. And everybody was like, are y'all okay? Well, I hadn't gotten up because I'm laughing so hard. I cannot get my myself up off the ground. And Ivy is like, are you okay? She's okay. You know, she's like trying <laughs> to tell everybody like, nobody's hurt. We're just laughing. And um, like everybody comes over to like look or whatever. And they were like, because y'all weren't quite over there. 
Y'all I think had, we were still maybe setting up or cooking. I can't doing remember. Something. Y'all, I don't know. But he was like, are y'all, are y'all's parents here? Like, do we need to go get your parents? And me and Ivy were like mortified. We were like, we're fine. Please don't. It was. Please leave me alone. It was horrible. <laughs> but uh, so now every year around that time, which was like last week, Ivy sends me the video of, because she took a video of it, of us literally breaking a tree yeah. on a campground. The Hopes Brothers will tell you that it wasn't rotten. It was. But I will vouch. The inside was rotted out. I think, oh, I was going to ask Jake. So tell us what kind of like wildlife that you saw. Uh, I have a I have a story about that if you want to hear it. This is actually from our uh, our first trip in 2016, but uh, it was uh, we were up in the uh, North Country again. We're actually walking through uh, one of the parts that was being used as uh, cattle ranch land, and so we go through and there's these two kind of ridges that come together and they form uh, this like mountain pass. And so there's one way in, and then you've got to walk across this, like, huge valley to get to the other side. And so um, we're taking a break there before we head into the valley. Um, Our navigator for the day is out scouting out the land, seeing what else is out there. So he walks up to the edge of the the entrance where the two peaks come together, and um, he takes his binoculars out. He's looking, and he says... I see something on the other side of the, of the valley, like coming into the, or coming into the valley. And he said, it's, it's black and it's got four legs. He said, I, I think it, it might be a bear. And then he says, no, now there's two of them, four of them, eight of them. Oh, no. And he's like, it's a herd of bears. <laughs> and so then our, uh, <laughs> one of our adult leaders comes up and he's already been fed up with this kid the whole week. He's been doing stuff, uh, that's gotten on his nerves. And so he snatches the binoculars from him. He's like, give me that. Let me see. He takes a look for about two seconds, and he's like, those are cows, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I would do something like that. I'd be like, guys, I really think that that's bears. And people are like, bears. It, that's a that's a full cow. <laughs> like, that is not a bear. Which just is a scary thought to think, if bears did travel in herds, like Oof. none of us would have any chance. Uh, no. Because you know? they'd no. be like, all right, you go for that one. That one looks like he's got a limp. I'm going up <laughs> him. Like, well, when you said it was a herd of bears, I, I immediately was like, wait, I didn't know bears traveled in herds like that. Not unless but it's like a mama bear. and her babies. And babies. Yeah. That was crazy. So that was why I asked one of my camping. Yeah. One of my favorite camping memories is um, we have, there's a, a uh, campground in Gunnersville, which is a lake near near us here in Alabama, and but the deer there are so accustomed to humans mm-hmm. that they're no longer afraid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have to drive super slowly because they're not afraid of the cars either. Yeah. And um, but we could actually feed them peanut butter off of a spoon, like they would just come up and lick the peanut butter, you know, off your spoon, and they're that close. I never did get to like pet one. They still don't want you to touch them. But um, the now my one of my sons went out there, got the peanut butter, fed the deer, stuck the spoon back in the peanut butter, and we were like, "Oh, okay, so this is not 
yeah. our peanut butter to eat anymore. But he didn't. <laughs> we didn't know he did that yeah. until we. Oh, somebody went to make a sandwich and there was grass in the peanut yes, butter. He did drop it, and there I was, was like, like some dirt and leaves tossing. and stuff. We're like, okay, this is this is the peanut butter specifically for the deer. Yeah. And then here's ours that we eat. Yes. But it was fun, and I I love that. I love just being out there and seeing really stuff cool. you don't normally yeah. see. Yeah. They are very accustomed to people at Philmon as well. We saw uh, some mule deer, um, wild turkeys, saw uh, a diamondback rattlesnake. That was a little bit scary. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took off, so it wasn't a wasn't a huge deal. You know, one thing that I wanted to see when I went to the Grand Canyon was a rattlesnake. Yeah. And you would think, oh, man, you're in the Grand Canyon. You're going to see a ton of them. Yeah. Didn't Nothing? see Didn't Why see did you want one. to see one? I don't know. They have really cool ones out there. I forget what they're called, but they're like, they kind of have like a pink, like pigment to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to see one. He wants to see a pink snake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to see zero snake. snakes. Yeah. I don't have I mean, a goal in I didn't want to play with it, and I wanted to see it, though. Right. <laughs> I want to take a quick from a, picture from and a then safe leave. distance. Yeah. <laughs> That's did, funny. Uh, I got in uh, big trouble as a kid. Uh, which I might be digging up old wounds here, uh, but for playing with a snake in my mm. neighborhood, because we uh, we found a dead snake. Uh, it was like all the neighborhood goonies we were running around, and um, one of the kids said, "Hey, you know what would be really mm-hmm. funny?" Which uh, I think his uh, mom or whoever it was, uh, his mom or his dad, had done something to make him mad that day, so he was ready to ready to get revenge. And he said, "I'm going to put this snake in." Uh, in our mailbox so that like when mom goes to check the mail <laughs> and he leaned it up against the door to the mailbox no, where it would fall in such a way where it looked like it was jumping out at her. I think Brownie would put us up for adoption. I would disown my children. Mm. Yeah. We, got, <laughs> we definitely got a, we got tore a new one for that, mm. <laughs> but it makes for a good story now. Yeah. That is an irrational fear that I have that there's going to be a snake in the mailbox. But now I realize that it's not that irrational. So Yeah. No, thank you. Well, Mom, you want to talk about the devotion for this week? Oh, yes. So um, this week's a good one. When this is for the Eternal Light Project members, they will receive a devotion in their email every day. And so we kind of go through these lessons together. And this week is talking about building lasting relationships. And it's all based out of um, the story of Ruth. And, you know, when you read, like, today's key verse was is that passage that you see frequently at weddings, um, that where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my, go- my God. And you see that a lot of times in, like, husbands and wives. But this scenario is between Ruth and her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And it's really a testament of loyalty. And what that's what is required in building those kind of, those lasting relationships that I think we all are desiring, well, they're, those take work, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to put forth effort to have the relationships that we, that we desire, whether it's in a marriage or in a um, family relationship or, or friendships, it takes certain qualities from both parties. And so we're covering that this week. We talk about loyalty, kindness, favor, um, just different things that is, our responsibility mm-hmm. and we can learn a lot from from Ruth and from from just the character that she showed and displayed in the Bible and so that's it we'll be getting uh, emails out every day 
with this devotion. And then another cool thing about the Eternal Light Project is if you are a member of the of the project, you also get a lot of our uh, like 30-day studies or a little bit more in-depth studies. You can mm-hmm. download those and have those um, to go through. Um, we also offer free shipping for all of our website purchases. So if you're an Eternal Light Project member, you go on our site and decide to take advantage of our like right now we're having to buy one get one free sale. You have you're given a code that gives you free shipping on your website purchases. Mm-hmm. Then another thing which I know a lot of people are are they were really stoked about it is every Friday we offer a t-shirt for free to our project members. Um, all they have to do is pay shipping on that. Um, it is not part of the free shipping um, promo basically because, I mean, we can't ship a free shirt for free, too. So um, that just helps us cover the cost of shipping. So there's a lot of perks to being an Eternal Light Project member. Uh, It's less than $10 a month. And if you want to check that out, you can go to our website, eternallightco.com, and click on Project and read more about it. And I think it is really a good opportunity to grow in your faith and to take advantage of some perks with our website. And then we do pull money together from the membership fee um, and and help out different ministries. And this coming month, we're going to be helping a local school and helping the teachers and, and giving them a little bit because that, that time's here. And yeah. we're headed back to school soon. So we're going to be helping one of our local schools. Yeah. It's a good thing. So go check it out if you're interested in it. Um, and this week, we'll be learning how to make lasting relationships. That's right. I think it's cool in a world that um, tells you that it's cool to isolate and be by yourself and, you know, think about yourself and be selfish. You know, we're really talking about the opposite here, Mm -hmm. the need for community and the need for you to make an effort to build those relationships. Yeah. So we weren't we weren't meant to go it alone. And I I love that. I mean, the Lord provided um, brothers and sisters in Christ that you can go through things together. Um, but it does take, take some effort, Mm -hmm. you know, put forth into those relationships. So, yeah, well, I think that's going to be, it's going to be a good week. Actually, one of those mission projects Jake's a part of that we're going to be doing later in the year. Um, it's the forge retreat. So y'all, y'all will hear a little bit more about that, uh, later on in the year, but, uh, we're excited to be partnering with them. So that'd be cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing about your trip, yeah, hanging out with us, and Thanks, Josh. eating a donut. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> I'm just John? kidding. Jake. Jake. Jehoshaphat. Yeah. <laughs> Jake the snake. All the names. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else before we sign off? All right. Y'all have a good week, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.